Hello, this is the Hakanoon podcast. I am your host Utsav Jaiswal. I am the uh, head of business development at Hakanoon and also their blockchain editor. Today we have three guests with us who are from three different domains in the blockchain space. We have Tim Frost from Yield, which is like a DeFi protocol. We have Arun Phillips, who is from Polygon, previously known as Matic, and we have Miles Anthony, who is the CEO at. decentral games without further ado i would let these guys like go over it one by one and tell us what to do let's start with you first tim no oh, thanks thanks for having us uh, today so yeah very quick i'm uh, yeah the ceo at uh, yield app and uh, what we are doing is we have a, a a very simple way for people to uh, invest in defi we are a licensed uh, fintech and simple you can register with us and about to deposit your funds invest in defi and uh, we take care of the rest to make it very simple to earn yields powered through uh, decentralized finance mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely and we would like to understand more of what defi is what defi does and what it could look like in the next few years let's move over to hey thanks it's up for having so my name is arun philips i uh, lead a lot of the community and marketing initiatives at polygon and yeah we were previously known as matic network what polygon basically is it's just a scaling solution for ethereum our mission is to bring more users bring more applications build the whole ecosystem of ethereum yeah pleasure to be here got it got it now that you say it sounds so simple but when i go to your website it's like ethereum's internet of blockchain i'm like okay <laughs> Yeah. Hope, let's hope this podcast makes it a little easier for some people. Yeah. Definitely, I would be one of those guys. So yeah, thank you for have, uh, thank you for being here. And then we have Miles Anthony, who is the CEO at D Decentral Games. Miles, thanks for having me. What's up? Essentially, Decentral Games is a virtual casino governed by the DG token that's based in the metaverse. And the way we've constructed it is basically all the profits from the games congregate in our DAO treasury. and then the dg token holders essentially govern the funds in that treasury and can allocate them to as they wish one other thing to add is in our games we basically give away tokens um to incentivize a participation to the players and as a result all of our players you know become hodlers so we've been able to build a quite a big community um around got it and i see this like interesting thing i think based on my own experience as miles i think like you are the only guy of our age who doesn't have a beard and belongs to crypto so yeah kudos for like bucking the trend on that front so, <laughs> so yeah with that like beside us let's go into what what is it that you guys do like the first question that like i find to be very hard to explain is trying to explain to my mom what i do how would like you guys do it let's start with like you arun cause you have an indian mom too so <laughs> tell me like how do you explain to your mom what you do interesting question i think my mom also wants to know more about what polygon does like i've i've told her to buy the matic token and stuff so she's very happy yeah. on that side of things like she's yes it's is it going up is it going down but yeah she hasn't asked me this question what do you actually do so yeah i think if i would had to tell this to my mom uh, i think i would start with explaining what ethereum is first because mm. i think everyone at polygon who's working here you might call us eth maxis possibly so everything is driven by ethereum our vision is driven by ethereum i would start by explaining ethereum to her first i would start off with the explanation of how ethereum is this global supercomputer imagine uh-huh. this 
a really high power supercomputer but it's decentralized it's spread out throughout the world yeah. and then i would tell her but hey there is a problem with this computer hey there is there's too many transactions happening it's become really expensive to use this computer and that is why this bunch of indians and some adna like a super global team all around yeah. the world hey we want to make this computer a little easier to use a little cheaper to use and mm-hmm. that's where the whole polygon uh, sort of vision has come in it's we want to make making ethereum making using this supercomputer a little cheaper a little faster and a little more accessible so people it doesn't matter if you have big fat wallets and you have to pay 20 30 $30 for every transaction we want everyone to get these benefits of ethereum so that's in a nutshell how I'd tell this to my mom gotcha and for those of for those of you like listening who probably don't understand ethereum instead of following vitalik buterin follow his dad Dimitri Buterin. He makes it so easy to understand so many things. I'm like, okay, no wonder he's the father of like Vitalik. Uh, with that said, uh, let's move over to Miles. How do you explain to your mom that you are building an entire new world, terraforming NFTs and whatnot? So essentially, we've built a casino inside a virtual world called Decentraland. And yeah. it started off with just simple casino games. And so you're able to hop in this virtual environment and play games with other avatars. And in doing so, you can play with cryptocurrency on, on Polygon. And while as you're playing, uh, you get rewarded by the amount of your wager back in DG tokens. And by using those tokens and staking them, you're able to govern the future of the, the, the project, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say just a metaverse... a metaverse like 3D virtual casino mm. governed by the community gotcha your mom just heard like casino and she was like okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's a yeah. bit tough there's definitely uh there's a disconnect but they're happy that's all that matters right yeah moving over to tim so how do you explain to your mom tim what's like defi yeah i've definitely had a, a little bit of practice uh with this about explaining to my mom what we do so We are essentially like a crypto bank or a crypto wealth uh, management application. You simply sign up like you would at a Coinbase account or any of your Binance accounts. Sign up, register, do a little light KYC, deposit your crypto and send your, your fiat with us and, and hit the invest button. So mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. Uh, once once you've actually hit that investment, you know, all the, the investment strategies go into our, our managed fund on our back end. So we are predominantly... into a uh, different yield farming strategies that are that are pretty vanilla uh, in mm-hmm. the back end we're actually quite heavy into matic at this point or sorry polygon at this point as well and uh, we're branching out to to other many other kind of yield generating activities so mm-hmm. just make it making it very simple for everyone that's what our got it got it so did your like mom have any follow up questions after that like you had such a nuanced explanation of what you do I'm sure that there was some follow up question. Uh, of course there there always is. How are you generating yields um, yeah. and, and try to understand and and yes it is. We are taking essentially capital, aggregating capital, deploying this into kind of proven different uh, yield farming strategies. Mm. So we're able to take it whether that's ether or uh, stable coins or any other asset that we'll be managing in the future and then we take this and uh do deploy this and we kind of monitor the networks uh, 24/7 and then we are able to shift capital to the best performing uh, pools that have uh, mm-hmm. past or risk, risk committees. So it, it is a said it's the bulk of the work is of course it is done by us and our our management team mm-hmm. on this side. So 
it's much like any type of traditional investment if you're going to be investing into a fund. But overall, you, you're understanding which type of asset class you're investing in, if that's a Know, it's different stocks or equities, but the underlying you know, management of those different positions are, are done by the professionals. And that's what our aim is to be, to bridge traditional kind of financial instruments and this everything that's happening in DeFi and just crypto overall. Got it. Got it. Got it. Like as I said, as long as your parents are happy, like that's all that matters. Uh, switching gears here, I guess like all of us like have been in the blockchain space or the like Ethereum space for a long time. We have seen it like evolve from what it was, let's say five years ago to like what it is like right now, like 2015 when they did their like ICO and then they was started building stuff. It was under a different name. And now we have such a vibrant ecosystem and whatnot. So looking back from the prism of your own projects, and I want to have this question answered by like Miles first, it's like looking back what do you think like you would have wanted to do differently at Decentral game? Looking back, we've been, we tracked Decentraland from the beginning of you know their ICO. And then I actually didn't start the project until two years after they their project started. And then we didn't release a token until 2020, like very mm-hmm. end of 2020. It was all like a sequence of events based on what was going on in the market, what was working, different token models being experimented with, and some successful, some not. And so, yeah, and I think knowing what I know today, I obviously would have steered the, the ship differently in prior times. And one of the, one of the things was we were a bit too generous, I feel like early on with our, you know, liquidity mining programs. Mm. Um, that's, that's one specific thing that I probably would have toned back. I think we were just really inspired by the new token models and after mm. DeFi summer with Yearn and, and Sushi and giving tokens away early to the community. That being said, I think our timing was good. So I'm glad that we launched. Uh, looking back, obviously there's always things that you can change, exactly. but I got to appreciate the, the decisions that you made to get you where you are. Overall, pretty happy with the timing and everything. Got it. Got it. Let's go over to you, Tim. What's your hindsight 2020 moment? Well, definitely. So I guess about March last year uh, was the time I sat down with one of my colleagues and, and went through just DeFi in general. I'd been like paying attention off and on. And then he, he sat me down and really ran me down everything that, that was really happening in DeFi. And that was, you know, my, my background is high growth fintechs. Mm-hmm. I have you know several very successful fintech uh, that I, I've helped launch and found. And that, that kind of moment started when we were actually just looking at Curve and just, we sat down there for a couple hours and he was explaining how it works and this, and it was a, a full economy that had merged. So mm-hmm. that's about last March. Then we ran into that, that strong DeFi summer, but it took me to about August and about mid-August when I, I finally decided to start to yield app. And um, if anything, I think, I wish I would have jumped a gun. Uh, a little bit sooner because we did have fairly good timing. You, you can always be uh, a little bit earlier. I think I saw what was about to happen uh, a little bit earlier, but like anything, you're, you're going to always make, listen, uh, you're always going to make mistakes, whether mm. that's uh, hiring the wrong people or I've just made a uh, legacy tech kind of uh, wrong choices. As far as we, we've, you know, probably made a few wrong steps on the tech choices and where we're going. We're completely rebuilding our application to mm-hmm. scale. We, we have 43,000 users today. We've made a decision a few months ago. We, we need to rebuild this and re, redesign where we're going to be able to scale, which what I like to see is, is millions of people in the next couple of years. Definitely. And the way we see it is that the DeFi space is just like heating up. Like, for example, 
a few like weeks ago or a few months ago only a handful of people like knew about flash loans and how they could leverage it but now like due to these like infamous flash loan attacks or what not at least the attention is there in the right direction like zero interest loans like that is something that nobody knew that they could get from anybody except from their families and Uh, with that, let's move to the next one, Aaron. So, what's your like hindsight twenty twenty moment? So, I think uh, I would I think echo like what Tim said also. Like for us too, it was something similar along those lines. I think maybe we wish we would have. Right now, we're super aggressive on DeFi on NFTs, but I think just when DeFi summer was getting started. Mm. we weren't that aggressively pursuing defi and that aggressively yeah. pursuing some of the biggest dapps and stuff right now we've learned from that we are going super aggressive but if i had to change one thing it would be like when sushi launched yeah right we were in a different position yeah. then also now we're in a better position to go aggressive but yeah i think in hindsight it's easy to say this yeah. but then, yeah but and then just a side note to like i'm just super happy miles had like a generous liquidity mining program because i think i was in like dg from quite early days so it was really generous like the rewards and stuff too yeah so um, i'm happy about <laughs> god so it actually turned out to be a good thing for some people i said yeah yeah, yeah. that's good yeah i'll just to like interrupt oh defi server started like what like when we were right in the middle of crypto winter and those of us like went through it we were gonna be cautious cut it however way you want or bought it but like we would have been cautious so yeah but glad that you were like able to make those changes at the right time polygon is doing amazing at this like time so yeah definitely uh more power to you guys let's move to the next one is Oh, uh, when we talk about the industries in general, like when I say the industry, the blockchain side of things and the application side of things that you do. For example, in the case of Tim, he like competes directly with the traditional like fintech side of things. If it comes to Miles, he competes directly with those gaming organizations that are like trying to leverage what he does. And when it comes to Arun. I believe that you guys are doing it. What you are doing is probably the first thing that I see. But happy to know what is your take on the industry that you guys belong to. Where is your, where are your synergies? Where are your intersections? And more about that. Let's go with uh, Tim first on that. So just to understand your question, correct? Just where's the, the synergies and where's this space going overall? It's a whirlwind. Crypto overall just just moves like very fast in, in all directions that that it's going to be moving. D- DeFi itself, as a company, we're quite cautious and quite conservative. You touched on a few things earlier. There's the vulnerabilities are still yet. Uh, to to fully be discovered in all the sophisticated ways that that things can be exploited. Overall, we're all learning on the fly, and I think even. Oftentimes, we we talk to different protocols that have launched, and and I think it's we're we're all kind of writing the the future like one day at a time, and so it's mm. it's very humbling. I would say I think crypto and DeFi in general, it's you the one thing you'll never have it figured. There's a few people who have it probably mastered and are really leading the way, and the the rest of us are just constantly trying to understand where where it's going and what is actually happening. So you know, it's uh, it's you got to be quite cautious to to build. in this space especially with our business model because we can never we we can invest into different anywhere where a flash zone could actually be be attacked vector or a vault and many other uh, great opportunities that you might 
you know, see as a, maybe an individual investor as a company overall, but it's, mm. it's a, it is a kind of a very exciting space and, and very exciting times. And mm. we're, we are building a, a, you know, an economy that is, is emerging uh, right now. And we're doing this kind of together and it's mm. shaping it in front of our eyes. Got it. Got it. So I have a follow-up question over here for you, Tim. So sure. what are like some of the nuances of liquidity mining that the average Joe doesn't get apart from impermanent loss, to be very honest, like impermanent loss, I guess, like it's something that we have agreed happens. Nobody understands it, but what apart from that is something like that as somebody who has like mining pools has a, a DeFi project. Yeah, I would say just that the risk that everyone loves to, to see all these high yielding opportunities. And obviously people want to be in these opportunities quite early, just the sheer volume of risk involved in just the DeFi overall. And yeah, it's the, there's, it's the internet, it's fully free mm. and decentralized. And I would say that's probably the biggest thing that the average people don't really involved is you do put your capital at risk every time mm. that you're essentially entering into a DeFi position. High APYs that you might be chasing, I'd say just always just be careful. And in the TVL or a total value lock does mm. not necessarily equal safe. And if Got it doesn't it. have a lot of TVL, if you don't really understand, I think you need to be uh, very cautious. Got it. So I guess what I'm looking for is an example of these like risks involved. Because let's assume that I have a USDC, USDT pair. Let's like call them stable coins. What are my risks then? I would say from the flash loans in particular, there there are certain protocols and, and certain DeFi investments that that can that are vulnerable to uh, flash loan attacks. And so there's many high yielding, you know, opportunities out there, but there's, we are seeing on a weekly basis and we've seen this for months, right? Very sophisticated attacks mm -hmm. that if you can, if something can be flash loaned, I think there's very intelligent people out there that are, are scheming of ways mm -hmm. to take advantage of, of opportunities. Gotcha. Gotcha. With that, like, I'd like to move to Arun. Arun, what's your take on the industry? Yeah, definitely. So I think just personally for me too, it's just the whole crypto, the blockchain industry. It's been it's just this bunch of misfits where only each of us understand each other. Like no one else outside of this understands what we are, what visions we have. And I, I feel even some of us have these, most of the people I talk to have this idealistic vision that we know things are going wrong. We know we're entering this information age from the sort of industrial age we were in. And things are borderless. People don't believe how crypto companies work. Like things are borderless. I know Miles has a great example of how you have in-game jobs. So I think yeah. you can add a little more on that. But just for me, it's this community of people that is doing this sort of crazy thing. And then maybe 99% of the time it's going to fail. Like we might not defeat the system or the problems or whatever with fiat and all of that. But I love just being able to work with this bunch of people. I was talking to the sushi guys also recently, and there's something very common that we want to bring things like DeFi. We want to bring this to more people. We have something called DeFi for all also at Polygon, where we're trying to bring this to more and more people, uh, introduce them to this whole world of decentralized finance. And it is pretty shocking. Like now when the traditional media and stuff are discovering these sort of things. So I think it was JD or Sandeep who was on like a recent interview on uh, the CNBC or Times in one of the Indian sort of uh, top media. And mm. he was telling them about Aave over there. <laughs> they, were, they were struggling to wrap their minds around. They, they were like, what? I, I, I can get a loan, but not pay interest? Like, 
how does this work and then jd is trying to calmly explains it's like a gold loan like you deposit loan yeah. you can use that as collateral and borrow but i think it's exciting like it's really exciting that people are waking up to this and they're seeing that there are problems maybe with existing systems yeah. and uh, maybe how traditional shopkeepers and all of this they're paying like massive amounts on interest to just run their stores and their shops mm. but somehow if this sort of brag fixed like i think that would be really exciting and i think that's my whole sort of uh, feeling about the industry too like we're a bunch of misfits like trying to make yeah. crazy change in the whole world yeah. is a high chance it might fail but then it's super fun to do this like with all of you guys yeah definitely i have a follow up question here i guess like it pertains to the indian side of things okay so we were there in 2018 we saw like how many people invested and the banks had to step in because people were breaking their fixed deposits deposits of what not to buy like what bitcoin that they could get at zepay which was like indian back then now my wife just reached out to me a, a week ago and she was like hey so i was like because she follows radhika apte who is an indian actress and like all of these indian actors and actresses i guess they have been possibly being paid by these cryptocurrency exchanges in india we like know the names i don't want to get into that like just because i don't want to give them a free shout out so they have hired these actors who are like doing their instagram stories or what not and they say hey so i heard about bitcoin and this is how you buy that you go to that xyz cryptocurrency exchange and you could buy that they never talk about the risks if you look at what what tim just said there are so many risks involved with defi and when it like comes to just investing in cryptocurrency like no one knows cuz people are buying dogecoin people are buying shiba akita or what not they just don't get the risks but when they see that actors saying buy that how is that different from a chit fund scam that happens in places that we know of and like what's your take on that is that ethical mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think that's a good question like even i've been seeing some of these pop up on my feeds too so yeah, yeah. even i was a bit turned off like just by how blatant the advertising was where exactly. there was no statements or disclaimers and stuff but i think that that is a larger problem within india too like all of this is happening because everything is in such a gray area like the government hasn't come out with proper regulations regarding advertisement of, of cryptocurrencies about securities and stuff so i think it is part of a larger problem too like they wouldn't be doing this um. if they couldn't get away with it but i think yeah if this is little better enforced if sort of these rules are better enforced and just on a larger perspective uh, definitely we can't be having that it's it just tarnishes the image of bitcoin of ethereum uh, because okay. they invest in maybe some of the other coins but then the blame is going to end up for bitcoin and for ethereum exactly like, they're going to they're going to blame crypto as a whole so i think yeah. definitely we should be working on there's i think there's a flip side of there are some pretty cool influencers youtubers who are doing the right thing also i think tanmay but he's like a pretty huge comedian so he's actually educating them about the risks about the technology and all of that but i think more people need to be learning from that and doing sort of that yeah yeah if you go to this guy who like did that first scam in india who went to jail i forgot his name aman or amit like something like that so he wrote this book and it was like published and all of these actors were promoting that book and then he went to jail or whatever the point which i'm trying to make over here is that 
do we want the government to like step in as a person of crypto i don't think that we want the government stepping into like into our like side of things but now when these actors and these cryptocurrency like uh, startups or projects when they make it so obvious that they are going to harm the general people it makes it very hard for the government to not step in correct so, correct i think like i'm still a little more hopeful like at least from recent things that i'm seeing i'm more hopeful on our governments and so for instance like the maharashtra government they are basically using uh, polygon as a back end to store yeah. uh, covid test results and stuff so i'm seeing like a little hopeful sort of stories like this regulation as a whole will be good for the space to like how we have it in us how we have it in singapore people won't be happy with the taxes and stuff they have to pay but i think overall it will be bullish news yeah got it got it so speaking of the usa what do you have to say about that miles what's your take on the industry regulation some of the blatant advertisements that you see or what not does that help your case or does it like also turn you off like it does for arun i would say for the most part they just try to make examples out of folks like that are not doing something that's helpful for the community mm. um of crypto at, at large so so far i think it's just expected from the us and they go after the big guys and try to make an example out of them i feel like the positives obviously outweigh the the negatives in in crypto innovation and something like polygon's defi for all campaigns being able to um allow just regular people to hop into defi earn yields anywhere from 20 40% even on some stable coins it's pretty pretty unprecedented and allowing folks to do that from their own wallets is huge and um i think that definitely outweighs like some of these scams that are you know going on where tokens are being dumped on the general public yeah i would say i think from the us perspective i think it's it's expected that there's going to be some regulatory backlash but i think the innovation really outweighs everything yeah got it got it and speaking of like innovations like where do you see the metaverse like world going in the next 5 years or so we have come a long way when we were like playing all of those like mmorpg games to like where yeah. we have entire like worlds like i remember this game called second life like when i was back in school and i remember that i was too old when this game what's it called minds no minecraft like i was like too old for yeah. like minecraft so i never got into it but i see it has its huge like sub subculture side of things so like where do you see like that fitting into your own like narrative for uh, metaverses nfts and what not Yeah so crypto was a, actually a huge essential piece of the metaverse NFTs essentially and of course crypto fungible crypto mainly just because all of these prior like more centralized metaverses basically were the custodian of all your your items your digital assets and your and your digital currency within the world and as a result some folks did actually spend a lot of money on accumulating digital assets but at the end of the day you're at the mercy of whoever the gatekeeper is that runs the the platform that you're building stuff or socializing with other folks and i think because of that you didn't really have any property rights mm. essentially and so i think once some of these projects like decentraland popped up it allows the users of the platform to actually be the custodian of their their non-fungible tokens and their crypto so i think that's a, that was a huge you know step into kind of like building this in a bigger picture that we refer to as the open metaverse and it's just getting started i think it was definitely accelerated by as more folks were spending time indoors and wanting to essentially hang out in the kind of a virtual social environment 
And then, and by metaverse, I, it's, it's essentially just a 3D, like social virtual environment where you can play games, attend conferences, stuff like that, where it's permissionless. So anyone can hop in no matter where you are. You just have to have a, a wallet and you can just hop in. So I think the innovation in the metaverse space is really just getting started. For us, our business model is pretty straightforward from the game side of things. Obviously, casino games are very popular and they are pretty widely known like how to play. So for us, it was pretty easy to become one of the most popular applications building in, in the metaverse. And as and then as a result, because the games were making money and you know profitable, we were able to employ people. So we, we, it was worth it for us to actually hire uh, a team of 20 people to basically take shifts and with their avatars and spend time inside the metaverse, inside of our virtual casino to help players on board and just to fill it up the early days so that anyone that hops in, they can have help with depositing crypto. Yeah. Um, they have someone to play with, ask questions to directly rather than just going through FAQ or trying to do research on their own. So I think it's a huge step in the right direction. There will be a lot of business models built around this premise where actually having people staffed in the metaverse is is yeah. going to be worth it for them and provide value for their product. But yeah, like I said, I think we're just, we're very early with the metaverse. And for the next two years, there's definitely going to be a huge move towards VR for sure. I think a lot, that's like a huge request because right now it's limited to just viewing it on a 2D screen and it's not very immersive. It's social, but it's not like, you're not like in a in virtual environment, immer like fully immersed in it. And so I think that's, that'll be a huge step, but um, obviously it takes time and the technology yeah. needs to catch up to what people are requesting. And obviously as well, Polygon was a huge piece of enabling this is the possibility of actually people building an economy inside this virtual world because traditionally it was on Ethereum and Decentraland had to move over to Polygon because it just wasn't you know, reasonable to ask folks to spend $20 to send a single item or make a single trade, especially when those items are close to that amount as well. They just, you know, released the Polygon marketplace for their NFTs. And it's, I think it's going to enable a lot of people to be, get involved because they, they're not deterred by the huge gas fee for, for as a barrier to entry. So really excited for that integration. I've been pushing them for a long time for that because we've been working with Polygon since the beginning of DG pretty much. Yeah. We knew that we had to build on Polygon because you need to have speed and you need to have low cost because we pay mm. gas on behalf of our users. Got it. Got it. So like, now I'd like to switch some gears and to like count the mood of this room altogether. I have this fun question. Okay, so let's say that there is a genie who like pops up and hey, so I give you like two options. You can like just pick one of them. It would happen instantly. You could either be on the BSC or you could be on the Ethereum blockchain. BSC lower fees. Ethereum higher fees. It goes for all of you. Where would you like rather be? Let's start with them. Like, would you be on BSC and the lower gas fees or would you be on like Ethereum and the higher gas fees? I guess it depends on exactly what you're doing. For, for us, we're predominantly, we are natively on, on Ethereum blockchain, but most of our activity now is happening off of Ethereum blockchain just because there's, right. I, I guess that's where, where the action is in the speed, the sheer fees and you just have to be able to cross. We are on BSC, we, we are on Polygon and we'll be on uh, more and more chains and, and that we can bridge across. That, that's where the kind of the action is today. So what do you like say to the genie? Like you have only two options, which one would you pick? Well, <laughs> do we have to, I don't think we, we have to pick today because there there are bridges and, and that's the this, I think, interoperability that we've, you know, been wanting to have for years. And I think mm. that the, the first phases that are 
here today. And where if I have to bet like long term, I would bet on Ethereum. Yeah. I, I still think Ethereum is where where the winner is going to be long term. But in the short term, we are agnostic. Yeah. It's hard to talk about which which chain or protocol we're going to be betting on today. No, definitely. And like for the like uh, benefit of the viewers, like I definitely glossed over the nuances that Ethereum offers. So I just mentioned the gas fees. There are so many things that go into choosing a blockchain or whatnot, which leads as a very nice segue to what Arun like does at like at at Polygon, which is about the internet of blockchain. So given the choice, what would like you choose, Arun? Or would you say? Hey, why not mine? I think Tim put it very well. Like even we are doing the Ethereum's internet yeah. blockchains and multi-chain Ethereum. So I think it's just super impressive how interoperable things are now. Like mm. you could be on BSC and come to Polygon and then move from Polygon to Ethereum and then yeah. or do it the other whole other way around. Or you could go to Phantom and then go to Ethereum. So <laughs> it's really yeah. hard to make a choice. But then, yeah, since I told you, uh, before that, we're all ETH maxis at Polygon. So yeah. we'd end up choosing Ethereum. Yeah. No, definitely. I very recently had the opportunity to check out the BSC scan, like website side of things. And I was like, okay, I have seen this website before. It just had a like different look and feel to it, which I guess is the general consensus, at least on our side of the world, when it comes to checking out BSC, I might be wrong, like horribly wrong, because the general consensus seems to be that it looks like a copy paste of the Ethereum blockchain with less developers, less support or whatnot. What's your take on that? So we chose to build on ETH from the beginning, just because we were really following the ETH community more closely than BSC. And we, we started BG back in early 2019. So I'm not even sure if BSC was um, in existence there. They had Binance Chain, but not BSC, I believe, at that point in time. So it wasn't really an option. Today, obviously, Ethereum is just way too expensive, especially for a lot of gaming Mm -hmm. projects, especially if you're having your game transactions be on chain, which we are. It doesn't make any sense to to build on Ethereum. But that being said, our our token is ERC-20. And I feel like our community is definitely... I would say more Ethereum based just because we've been building our token is ETH based and our games are on Polygon, which is a bunch of ETH maxis, as Adrian said. So yeah, I'd say our product is geared more towards that. But I, like Tim was saying, because of all these bridges that popped up, you could just replicate any product that you have on ETH or Polygon and build on BSC as well to appeal to a different pool of users. So luckily today, I think you can, you actually can do all of them. For, for different, as we've seen with Sushi and Curve and, and whatnot. Yeah, that kind got of it. Got it. Yeah. So I'd like to move back to Arun for a bit. Like I left a question hanging over there. Arun, so I guess like you are the best person to answer this among us over here. Uh, is there a world where the transaction side of things takes place on BSC and the like architecture side of things happens on the Ethereum blockchain? From what I understand, you either have to move lock, stock, and barrel, which like means recreate your entire project on either BSC or like Ethereum, or is there a world where we can have hybrids of all of these coming together into one project? So I'm not really sure about the BSC sort of architecture side of things, but I can speak for how Polygon works, but I think that is technically that is feasible. So you can have sort of state channels that talk to L1 and L2, that let L1 and L2 basically talk. So what you could do is uh, take back in if you wanted to pay interest, for instance, to users on L1. 
but you wanted the entire product to run on like a polygon solution that mm. is technically possible you can let the these two talk to each other uh, yeah so i think that is feasible technically and then i think even more like for us it is just seeing that all of these things are possible so even if you deploy on polygon you want to be able to access the community of ethereum access the community that ethereum and the power that ethereum brings right so mm. uh this is technically possible for uh, polygon i'm not sure about the bsc sort of architecture side mm mm gotcha gotcha so like polygon does that glad to hear that and now we are like moving to the close of this conversation let's go over what are your learnings from running an organization of this like level cause a lot of hacker known readers are looking to build their own things they are building their own things and so what would your message be to the people in the hacker known community trying to build their own things based off of what you have learned like doing that let's start with you arun great so i think yeah looking at what polygon is it's basically an infrastructure layer so if there's anyone in the community that's building infrastructure then i think the biggest like the only focus should be keeping your projects the dapps that are coming on keep them happy because all of our success at polygon has been like amazing projects like dg like avigochi coming and building they've brought on like their communities with them so i think polygon alone if we didn't have any of these guys we would be nothing so hmm. our entire community are like everything that uh, all of the success that has come as an infrastructure product it is because of the people using that infrastructure so mm. i think whoever is building any infrastructure platform keep your like the main people using that infrastructure in mind yeah got it got it i guess you spoke directly to the hacker on community like you started out like infrastructure you had them there <laughs> let's go over the let's go uh, to tim now Yeah, a lot, lots of pain points. I've, I've built uh, many fintech companies, you know, and especially in the crypto space. And it, it is the, the difference between building in crypto and any traditional world is crypto is twenty four seven. There, there is no, there is no downtime. So you, you have twenty four seven markets. People expect things to be working twenty four seven. I think you, you have to have a, you, you have to be prepared for no downtime, no, no free time when you're in that kind of build phase. And I, I think the other big lesson I, I would always tell people is you're building for tomorrow, not for today. So mm-hmm. there's always you can take a snapshot of, of exactly what's you know where you're at, but you have to be forecasting six months, twelve months, you know, two two years down the line of where things are going. Because if you're building for today, you'll be left behind. Got it, got it. Thank you very much, Tim. And now let's move over to Miles. So Miles, like a small disclaimer for you: huge section of hacker known readers are cryptocurrency enthusiasts, but now we just started a section for gamers. So now we also have a huge section of like gamers like reading hackathon. So what is your like uh, giveaway for these guys as to what would you try to tell the hackathon community given your experience? Sure, I would just say given the history of what's happened over the last several years in crypto, everyone who's just participating and attending events, especially in metaverse or gaming projects or, or just uh, becoming an LP or running a node. just participating in the community you're eventually going to be really handsomely rewarded i wasn't really even expecting to be to to achieve the growth of the armatic node when we set it up we were discussing this earlier i eventually moved it into the dao by by just participating and trying to help the networks it's pretty crazy what what could actually happen and come of it and today we run the fifth biggest 
Matic or Polygon node by total amount staked. And it was just started out as like a, a tool for us to use to, to view blockchain data. And I think a similar kind of dynamic is starting to form in some of these blockchain gaming projects around this play to earn narrative. And so I think just becoming active in various communities on Discord and participating in whatever events they, they have or competitions that they have and holding, huddling the, the assets that you accumulate mm-hmm. from those events and yeah, promotions. I think long-term, I think it'll definitely, you'll be rewarded for being early as you are in any successful crypto project. And that's what we, that would be my advice, I suppose, as just a participant. But as a builder, I think Adrian hit it like on the nose. I think it's really, you have to really identify who your target um, audience is and really build the product that will make them become a lof- lifelong user. And they did that extremely well with Polygon. They really focused from the beginning on developer experience, Ethereum developer experience in particular, as all these kind of ETH killer chains are trying to attract developers that were not crypto. They, they identified a problem and built a product that made it super easy to just port over your uh, smart contracts to this faster, cheaper chain. And it was just a no-brainer for us uh, mm. from the beginning. And we're, we're happy um, that we made that decision. And, I'm, and we're happy we ran the node as well. So yeah, was, it's great. Got it. Yeah. So for every hackathon reader, the message has been like unanimous. And like it is like very similar to what your teachers used to tell you back in the day, do your homework. And with that, like we'd like to bring this podcast recording to a close. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Aaron. And thank you, Miles, for being on the Hackathon Podcast. Thank you.